0: David Licken. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is January 31st. Can you believe that we already have January in the rearview mirror? Wow, amazing how fast this time is going this year. And again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. I'm excited about today's hot topic. We've got Stephen Chapman joining us. He's lead organizational consultant internal to Allstate Insurance. You go, "Uh, Lincoln, are you spending? In the podcast to, uh, to include now insurance companies? No. We're staying focused on the mortgage industry. And again, like we said in the opening, this is for mortgage professionals, but we learn wonderful and valuable lessons other corporations and other industries are doing. And Allstate has got something going when they brought in Stephen Chapman to be the lead organizational consultant. Again, organizational health is one of the passions I have. We're going to be talking about that in the Hot topic segment and how what you're hearing on today's podcast can help you organize something with your business. You may not be big enough to have your own internal consultant like Stephen Chapman inside of Allstate, but you can do something to make a difference. Really excited to get into that in the Hot topic after we get through the first part of the podcast. I want to say thank you to the Industry Syndicate, proud to be a part of them, IndustrySyndicate.com, check them out, all the podcasts there. Also, a special thank you goes out to our sponsors, and we got a new sponsor. One of our new sponsors is PennyMac, and we're thrilled to have them here, but I'm really excited to be working with them and have them as a sponsor, and they saw us as a way to get the word out to many, many originators, and we're going to help them do that. So, if you're not doing business with PennyMac, I tell you, get out there and check him out. You should be. They're a leader in the industry. And we're thrilled to have him there with us as a new sponsor. Also, Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Thrilled to have a partnership with them. Check out Mike Frank and Tony's interview that we did in October about the economy. I love we got to get back on because so much is just happening. And we're at the high end of the range. Also, this last week, last Monday, I was at the Finaster Forum, which is their annual event that they have. It's a user conference that was going to be here in Austin for everything up and down. North America, South America, they was all going to be here in Austin. But because of COVID, they had to once again move it to virtual. So, we had a chance to be there and we recorded on Monday and presented it on Tuesday. We're real thrilled to have our partnership with them. Got to meet Chris Dingo, who is the president of the uh, Americas division, everything that's not Europe. Again, they're big in Europe and all over Asia, all over the world, and biggest fintech company in the world. You'd expect that. There's two co ops that we're part of Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative. Thrilled to be partners with them and them with us check out both of these collaboratives and I just interviewed with Rich Zerbinski and Rich is going to be coming on and sharing that interview very exciting about what's going on at TMC or the mortgage collaborative we have the winter conference for both of these coming up mortgage collaboratives doing theirs in Florida and at the Fontainebleau and you can't think of a better place to go do that but also Lenders One is also doing theirs and theirs is going to be in Arizona in warm Arizona. Also, Incelerate, Josh Friend does a great job at helping you connect with your borrowers and engaging with them and prospects in a meaningful way. Also, Knowledge Group, Ken Perry, with their learning management system. Also, Mobility MMI, their mortgage market intelligence platform, along with Modex. Both of these companies, Modex and Mobility MMI, do a great job in helping you recruit and target your recruiting. I want to talk more about recruiting because it is so critical on how companies do that. We'll be doing more on that in the future. But check out both of these companies. More and more of our clients are signing up with both of them because they see a great compliment. That's what I always say on this podcast. Both are necessary. To get the full picture and the full database of what's going on out there. Also, SnapDocs digitizing your mortgage closing offer a better experience for your closing teams. Check them out, SnapDocs.com. Also, Success Kit. Thrilled to have our partnership with them. I love what they do in helping you tell your customer testimonies and sharing them effectively. So powerful. Check out successkit.io. Also, Lender Toolkit. Thrilled to be working with them. And again, our newest sponsor, Penny Mac. Kimberly Nichols. We interviewed her on November 1st, 2021. Check that out. As well as a special thank you to Rob Les, Alice Allen, Matt, and Jack Nunnery. Jack, good to have you on the microphone here with me. Appreciate you, friend. Thank you, David. You bet. Welcome to the Licking and Lending Hot Topics segment. Good to have you with us. Again, we have Stephen Chapman He's on the program to give us a take on organizational health and how it will help your business, as well as someone who has started and done a lot with organizational health. It's Stephen being an internal consultant into Allstate, the huge, huge company, Allstate. If you know anything about me, I'm passionate about organizational health. And what do organizational health, yes, yeah, help and health, and whatever we can do to help have as much of that in an organization as possible. could go on and on, but let's get into the interview with Stephen Chapman. Stephen, good to have you here, friend. I appreciate so much you taking time out of all that you do there at Allstate to be here with us. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm glad to be here.
0: Now, uh, For some people, imagine you're not well-known inside the mortgage industry. Let's touch base real quickly. <laughs> Who you are, what you're about, and how you got into organizational health, what fascinated you about it. I love your story. Share with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my organizational health journey really started at the beginning of my career. as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And pretty early on, I did my education in biblical studies. I was a youth pastor for two and a half years whenever I was in college. Went to seminary thinking I was going to end up overseas. And as I went through that journey, I realized I didn't want to be sitting in a church 40 hours a week and telling people how to live their lives. And instead I wanted to be able to be in the trenches with people and having those shared experiences Mm -hmm. and not being able to speak and and try to tell people something that I wasn't living myself. And so that really started and kicked the journey for me. I was beginning that transition from ministry into the business world. I remember vividly having a conversation with my wife, man, how cool would it be if I could be a consultant to help change people's culture? Having no idea what organizational health was, having no idea what that would even look like day to day but just thinking, man, that'd be a cool job. I spent a little time working at a nonprofit. I've helped plant churches. And from there, got into being an insurance agent, did that for about a year and a half, and was doing some pro bono consulting on organizational health with a local nonprofit and just happened to uh, be fortunate that there was a VP from Walmart, Lisa Riley, who was really impressed with the work that I was doing with the nonprofit. And I, Reached out and said, "Hey, this insurance thing's not working out for me. I had four kids at the time, and we were doing foster yeah. care and, and juggling yeah. a lot. And I was just like, I don't think I can handle the ups and downs." And so she set me up, and I started working at Walmart. Did worked with them for about four and a half years, doing job design, organizational design stuff in the organizational health sphere, but more on the smart side. I'll talk a little bit later about smart and healthy. We were kind of taking the smart approach to organizational health, if you will, and had the opportunity after working with Walmart for four and a half years to start looking elsewhere, wanted to get closer to some family down here in the Dallas area, and was fortunate to find this position at Allstate. and have Been loving it for a good two years now.
0: Yeah, you love it. I should give a shout out to Patrick Lencioni who is responsible for connecting us. Patrick developed a group called Kappa Pro. But it's one of the things Lencioni's wanted to do to help organizational health. Now if I think about Patrick Lencioni, the book The Advantage, and also so many other books, Getting Naked, Organizational Health. It's just so much he's written and I'm such a big fan of him. And so when he started this Kappa Pro Group, I bought into it, as did Steven. That's where we met and connected. And I just loved the concept that a company like Allstate would have an internal team. They're not just one person there. There's a team of you there, and you're focused on various right. aspects of it. Has that been around for a long time at Allstate?
1: Yeah, our team's existed for about 15 to 16 years. We're made up, there's about 11 of us right now. So wow. I think this is the largest it's been. Well,
0: Well, we're going to get into that, but let's start off with this. How would you define organizational health? Help us put a little bit of a construct around that, if you would, Stephen.
1: I often like to speak a little bit about my own personal journey and our own individual physical health, if you will. Organizational health is a lot like our physical health in that it's a discipline. If you're looking for the next shiny object, this is not the thing. But much like with our physical health, we know what it takes to be healthy, right? Get plenty of sleep, eat right, exercise. It's not rocket science. It's actually pretty simple, but it's incredibly hard and difficult to do. And that's why the diet industry, the fitness industry, they have all the fad workouts, all the fad diets that you can pursue and go after. And much in the same way in our corporate lives, we have the next project management fad, the next technology that's going to help us, so on and so forth. But organizational health really boils down to four disciplines. One, creating a cohesive team. And that's not just at the top executive, although that's probably one of the most important layers. But yeah. for a large organization like Allstate, it's about creating that healthy, cohesive team throughout the organization. Second, the second discipline is about creating clarity around six important questions. We can dive into those a little bit deeper later, but ultimately it's about getting everybody in the same page and marching in the same direction. Discipline number three is about communicating that clarity to the whole organization over and over and over and over and over again. I can't emphasize that enough. There's a lot of ways to do it through town halls or communication emails, but more importantly, it's about how you show up with your actions and what Mm -hmm. you do day to day. And discipline number four is about putting just enough structure in place to reinforce that clarity that you've created with discipline number two. And the cycle just repeats itself. There is no stopping point in the journey. There's not a part where you're just done and you have arrived, but it's about continually progressively getting better. Some teams I've worked with, when we talk about cohesive teams, Pat has provided a model called five dysfunctions. They may be green across the board in all five areas and knocking it out of the park and they're still looking for, like, we're 4.9. How do we get to that five? And that's exactly what the journey is about, is how do you progressively continue to improve your organizational yeah, health?
0: That's so good. Alice, let's get over to you with a question.
2: Yeah, this is wonderful. I love listening to this. So something like this I would want to measure. So how can it help my business? You just gave us the four main areas, but can you get into more detail on how it can help us? And I'd love to know how you measure it.
1: Absolutely. So one of the hard things, in embracing organizational health is much like our own personal health, Alice. There are ways we can measure it, right? We can step on the scale. We can make sure we're tracking it and getting enough hours of sleep. There's assessments, there's things that we can do. But at the end of the day, I, again, by way of analogy, would compare it to how do you measure the relationship with your spouse or significant other? It's really hard to be like, yep, this is it. My wife and I were a 10 out of 10. We're knocking it out of the park, but rather When you have a bad relationship, you have a bad relationship. (laughs) Things aren't going well. And really the way that I've learned to gauge it, not just with clients, but in the teams that I help lead, is that there's just a gut feel that you're, okay, something's not right here and we're not moving fast enough and we're not delivering the results that we have. And I think that's ultimately the best way to measure it is, A, are the people on the boat all moving in the same direction and are they engaged with where they're going? And are you ultimately, as a business, achieving the results that you want to? There's plenty of businesses that achieve the results with their people that are struggling as they go. And that's really the simplest, easy measure of it. Hopefully that answers your question, Alice. It's not a great way to measure it. But at the end of the day, your results as a company will show.
0: Yeah, And let's get over Jack, I know you had a big passion for organizational health, been involved in championing it in the organizations that you've led. Any questions you have or thoughts? Well. The first question that comes to mind, David, is I think the obvious one. And Stephen, why don't more leaders in organizations focus on organizational health today?
1: So I'm going to give you the the Pat answer, and then I'll add my little flair to the end. Pat ties it to three bias. Number one is the quantification bias. It's hard to track a metric. So how do you know you're moving forward? That's one reason people tend to walk away from it. Another reason is sophistication bias. Okay, that sounds a little too simple, but reality is it's really hard. And so we try in difficult and hard situations, it's our natural tendencies as humans to make things very complicated and complex. And as a result, we tend to abandon it. And the third reason, ultimately, I think comes down to, as leaders, it's what do we get out of it? How do we benefit? And as we weigh the investment we have to make in it, there's not always as great of a reward for us as leaders or for us as individuals on the backside of it. So all those things, much like our own personal health, yeah, sure, I could cut out all the foods I may drink or caffeine or sweets. But, man, that chocolate cake's delicious. Do I really <laughs> want to just eat spinach for the rest of my life, or do I want to have a little chocolate cake now and then? Much in the same way, I'll use gossip as an example. It's really freeing at times to just be able to let off him about your frustration with a coworker. And that feels real nice. But at the end of the day, that actually is part of the problem of why organizations aren't healthy. And so there's a little bit of yin and yang, and do we get as much reward out of it individually as we feel like we're going to get organizationally? There's an organization benefit. There's an element of self-sacrifice that I think is, is really required to make it happen.
0: It's so true. Alan, any questions that you have for our guest, Stephen? Well, yeah, I'm going to go to the standard one, David, that I always kind of ask, which would be, how does someone get started with organizational health? But if I could kind of intercept that. And I I actually want to take a little blame, right? I think technology has hurt organizational health as much as it's helped Mm. our business. I look at what's happened with the pandemic, so I was wondering if I could just kind of throw that caveat out there. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about how we have like this disease of technology that has removed the human element of what creates organizational health, from my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The secret sauce is in our conversations and, and actually working through and communicating with one another and technology and in a lot of ways can hinder it. But one of the things, Alan, that I'm actually personally passionate about, organizational health, especially for a larger organization the often reserve, I mostly work with executive and senior leaders. And I think technology might hold a key for us to help unlock it for all levels of the organization. How do we take and turn some of the great technology that's out there, right? There's plenty of apps around developing and building habits. There's plenty of apps that are teaching and helping people learn languages, learn how to produce and improve their productivity. And something that we're working on at Allstate is how do we make it simple for leaders at all levels in 10 minutes or less, be able to pick something up and start to begin developing small little habits. And I think that the best way to start is to start from the beginning, develop a cohesive team, start with discipline number one. But at the same time, it's not realistic and practical for all leaders at all levels. Maybe the best thing that they can do is just taking a little practice every day to say, what's the most important thing that our team needs to be focused on today? And how do I eliminate the distraction? How do I not get caught in the fire drill from day to day? And it can start in little, small ways like that. And not just doing that as a leader but helping your team and empowering your team to do the same, to take control of their days, to be able to prioritize what's important so that they don't waste time and energy on building PowerPoint decks or all the other hundreds of useless activities that we might do within our corporate environments.
0: Yeah, Give some examples of companies or leaders that have embraced organizational health. I think as Allstate's got 11 revenue you on staff to work on this. That's a good example.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Allstate... One of the things that Allstate is doing really well is talking about purpose. Tom Wilson, our CEO, is very into not just being clear about our company's purpose, but also about empowering employees to determine their own individual purpose and getting them into the jobs that align with their own individual purpose. Mm-hmm. But other companies that are doing fantastic job, Southwest. If you follow Pat Lencioni in, in the table group, any at all, you'll hear him mention Southwest in a heartbeat. Another big one is Ford. One of the, I think, phenomenal stories. If you haven't picked up Al Mulally's story of his time at Ford during the financial recession, just amazing. And one of the key ways that it shows up is He talks about his strategy, and he sets his strategy probably within the, I think, the first two or three months of being at the company. And Mm -hmm. he holds that throughout his tenure. And he's constantly, frequently asked by reporters and the market, investors, hey, so what's next? What's the next strategy? He's like, this is the strategy. And he sticks to his guns, and he shows discipline, and really helps bring the company back. One of the only big three do not need a financial bailout during the Great Recession. I should go to nonprofits and smaller companies as well that I've gotten the opportunity to work with that are just impressive. And even within bigger companies, Pat talks about how the best leaders are probably some middle manager within a medium-sized company that you've never even heard of because they have this self-sacrifice to do what's right by their employees and by the organization, sometimes mm-hmm. to their own detriment.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. Alice, I want to give a shout out to a Union Home. They do a great job of really focusing in on this. So, I want to say I think Union Home is a good example of how organizational health is respected. You want to give an example, mm-hmm. Alice? that you could share with our audience?
2: Yeah, so I think one of the things that we do, for example, is we participate in the top workplace surveys. So I know there's a lot of other things that you can do, but this is the one that comes to mind because that's coming out now, where having a third independent party come out and survey your partners to get the feedback and understand where everyone is, I think is huge, especially in this type of anonymous response process. So we talk about, yes, it's great to win awards, and we've won a top national. We were number one for our number of employee categories. But for us, it's about how to get better. The main reason we participate is how to get better. So that's one example I can give. And then Mm -hmm. I think leadership development is another one, just a commitment to training folks so that they can have an outlet and a place to continue to learn and grow.
0: Yeah. Ongoing education is such a big part of it. Stephen, do you do that as a part of this
1: Great question. We have learning and development department here at Allstate, actually a really large team that helps do a lot of leadership development. We also have an executive development team that comes alongside leaders. Our role in particular is actually not about education so much as it is about coming alongside leaders and helping them to develop the habits and discipline through facilitated sessions, through executive coaching, and through just ongoing learning and development. So we use assessment metrics. We use uh, a lot of the different things that Alice is mentioning, but so our role in the big environment is predominantly to come along and to help we educate a little bit, but spend a lot of time helping them apply it.
0: So you do some independent consulting separate from Allstate and with the blessings of Allstate. So let's talk about some of the issues that have come up that are being presented by some of our listeners. we got one particular uh, listener that wrote. says, we have an individual who's been made a significant contribution to our company for a number of years. They're valued. We couldn't be where we're at today without them being there. And I think this is a statement that could be said about so many employees across so many industries and companies. But the problem is the company outgrew them and their interpersonal skills are rough. I mean, they got there in spite (laughs) of their interpersonal skills and their organizational health. And it's because this person, because of things in their background, gets triggered. And so how they respond, and I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all So how should a company determine in a situation like this? Should we keep them around forever? Should we have them just always stay here and be a part of our organization, even though they're kind of creating some dysfunction that's pretty negative? Or do we help them on to find another better opportunity? Or do we work with them in the journey by staying with us? Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a
1: really important part because one person on a team can ruin it for everybody. I was just talking with somebody last week that, had an individual that they were struggling with this topic on in particular, and they kept them around longer than what they thought they should have, and seven people ended up leaving as a result. So it is not uncommon. I would say my first question to leaders on this topic is always – Have you told the person? Are they aware that they have interpersonal issue problems? Because so often people think that they've addressed it or they've talked about it, but they haven't had a conversation with them where they've sat down and said, Hey, you're a phenomenal employee. You've done great jobs, but the way you interact with other people, is not okay. And I really want to help you get better at that. If that is a genuine yes, then without a doubt, it's time for that person to go. Regardless of how the result of one individual. You can't let that one person stick around.
0: And I agree. Even in a situation where they have made a valuable contribution of the to the growth of where you're at, and you can say We're, we wouldn't be here without them, but you can't right. get to where you want to go with them either. So I think that's that conundrum everyone feels as an executive working with individuals. And I think that's where you need to reach out and get some great advice. Got another question that came in. We have a top performer who's run into some really significant personal issues. We think it's health-oriented, and it's almost altered their what do you do in a situation like that?
1: So they're dealing with some personal challenges that they haven't necessarily shared or brought into the workplace.
0: Yeah. So someone who is normally be very patient and kind and work with someone is biting heads off of people. And the person yeah. just rolled back and said, exactly. Again, I think it's the same principle. I mean, I think it's coming down to what extent do you work with someone because of things going on in their personal lives? And love to have your thoughts on that. There's no easy answer on that one.
1: Yeah. There's a very delicate balance to this one, because I will say that my team at Allstate is phenomenal about it is they have done a tremendous job. I feel safety that whatever's going on in my personal life, I can share openly with any of my direct mm-hmm. colleagues and team. And I think that's really critical. Does this person feel safe to talk about that? And you don't have to be the one to help them. You don't have to be the one to solve the problem for them, right? But help them get the help they need. Help them get connected to a counselor. Help them yeah. get connected with whatever resource they need and know that they're accepted for where they're at. That being said, at the end of the day, we are running businesses, we are running organizations, whether you're a for-profit or non-profit. If that person's personal journey is keeping them from being able to really help deliver results or is holding the organization back, and this is coming from a youth pastor, so know that I care a lot about people, we can't let the organization become about that person. In interpersonal relationships, we talk about codependency, Mm -hmm. right? And you see it all the time. There's one person with detrimental behavior and the other person is kind of the savior that's trying to constantly pull people up. It's very easy when organizations create safety to also become a crutch for those people. So there's Mm -hmm. a very delicate balance of, hey, we want to help you. We want to support you. We're alongside you on the journey. But at the same time, maybe you need a job that is going to allow you to work through your own personal journey while also still being able to help the organization.
0: That's great. Alice, we got to wrap this up, but I want to get your thoughts as you're listening to this. I know you, like Stephen, and, and your whole organization is famous for this, Alice, has got a real compassion to help people through this, but dysfunctional behavior, for whatever the reason is, over a protracted period of time cannot deteriorate the health of all organization. Thoughts on this, Alice?
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. It only takes one person to really have that ripple effect, like you've just described. And I think it is ongoing coaching, but you have to know when it's time to let someone know that they have to move on. Now, if they do have something going on personally, there are exceptions in trying to help that person work through it if it appears to be temporary. But obviously, that's a wide spectrum of things that mm, you may not yeah. be able to know. Is this something we can overcome together? Or if it's affecting right. work, having to come up with a different plan. Those are exceptions. I think the more of the rule is keeping in touch with people. And Stephen, to your point, I think you got to really have someone like you in the role. I'm really interested yeah. in this role. And I think incredibly valuable and very impressive that Allstate has this in place.
0: Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, Stephen, we could go on and on. It's, again, a passion topic for me. One I'm committed to doing everything I can to help leaders in this particular area. But you're really focused on it deeply. How can people get a hold of you? Because you do do some independent consulting. You're a resource. So how can people get a hold of you where you can help them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If I put the offer and invitation out there to anybody. I'm not worried about pay. It like you. This is a passion of mine, and I have my day job that keeps me paid. And so a lot of the times when I'm helping. Leaders or individuals, it's just, hey, let's get a conversation. Sometimes that conversation is a one and done, other times it may turn into something that's more long term. So I say just start with a conversation. I know my LinkedIn profile is out there and available. If you're not on LinkedIn, then feel free to send me an email. My personal email address is SCHAP4302
0: at gmail.com. Good. I believe there's already some links, Dickie may have already put in our show notes, but we will make sure that's all there as well. Stephen, You're a busy guy at Allstate. I'm so grateful that you take time out to share with our audience these principles and what you're doing there. And I just I celebrate Allstate for what they've done and are doing to have an 11-man team working inside that organization to help bring organizational health there and what you're doing outside the organization to help other companies, smaller I don't have those resources that just need to rely on a third party
1: glad to do it and thanks for having me
0: it's an honor to have you friend i really do appreciate it I'm so grateful for our relationship and want to get you more involved in all that we're doing so great job folks that wraps up topic segment we're going to have next week rich zerbinski of tmc coming on we recorded an interview with rich here last week it was really good i really like rich and i really like what they're doing at tmc you're going to want to tune in and listen to some of the exciting things but not only that it's the themes of where the industry's at from one of the collaboratives and specifically the mortgage collaborative. So good to have you with us. Special thank you to our sponsors, financial lenders one and accelerate mobility, MMI modex, the MBA, Knowledge Coop, Mortgage Collaborative, Snapdoc Success Kit, Lenders Toolkit, and our newest sponsor, PennyMac. Be sure to go get out to PennyMac's website. They're doing a great job of getting into the third-party broker business, and be sure to check out our last interview that we just did with them. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week.